I'm Chris Hagen. For those who don't know, I've been a language coach for many years. In my career, I've taught a wide variety of people from famous singers and radio presenters to doctors, uni students, and yes, even desperate housewives trying to find an English lover. I finally decided to share my thoughts, tips and tricks with the world. Also check out my YouTube channel if you want to see my ugly mush. So let's kick off this podcast with a great jingle. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Is an anagram of risk. Chris. Hello and welcome to podcast number three. Yes, you've arrived at the third podcast already. Well, already not. It's been three weeks. Now I have some news to tell you. The top five rankings of the downloads of my podcasts are. Europe, 81%. Get in Europe. In second place, we have a joint second place. We have Asia and North America, because they're so friendly with each other and all. Third place, South America. Really? Fourth place, Oceania. Turns very British and very posh. And in fifth place, Africa. But I like Africa. I have friends from Africa. Why are my friends from Africa not listening to my podcast? Hmm. I need to send them a message. Now, it has been brought to my attention that Spotify and Apple Music and other streaming platforms, whatever you want to call them, don't work in some countries. And so I've decided to also put the podcast on my YouTube channel for those of you who, for some reason, can't get Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, etc. Also, I want to explain to people how to get notifications on YouTube. It's not enough to just press subscribe. I actually thought it was. But you have to also press the little bell icon next to the subscribe button. When you press on it, it comes up with what you want to be notified about. All. This way, you will receive notifications. Now, I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I was told this only yesterday. And just to make it clear, now on YouTube, every Monday morning, there will be a question. For those of you who can't attend our conversation classes, I will ask a question every Monday morning. And underneath in the comments, you have to write your answer to the question that I ask. And if you want to comment on other people's answers, do so. I don't know why these days people are scared to give their opinion on things. Everybody's allowed an opinion. Don't be shy. Give it a try. Say it, Say it right. Now we've all heard to get dressed. And we all know how to use it. I get dressed at 7.30am. You don't need to say am. I get dressed at 7.30, we understand it's in the morning. Unless you work nights, and then maybe you get dressed at 7.30pm, but then you would specify. You also know the phrasal verbs, to put on and to take off. People easily confuse the verbs to dress and to wear, and people also easily confuse the nouns, address and a suit. But why? Because they're easily confused. If you're not a native speaker, we say it naturally, it comes out of us before we even think about what we're saying. But if you're not a native English speaker, sometimes you come across confusion. So let's have a look at these words. Let's start off with to dress when talking about clothes. To put clothes onto your body or onto somebody else's body. Once you've got dressed, then you are wearing something. But remember, you cannot dress your clothes. You cannot say, Peter dressed his red t-shirt. Clothes cannot be the direct object. Also, you might find it a bit odd when I say dressing somebody else's body, but parents dress their children every day. 
hopefully not forever, <laughs> not for the whole life, but when they're younger and until they know how to do it themselves, they normally do it. Also, the mortician dressed my grandma for her funeral. The mortician put the clothes on my grandma for her funeral. These are two examples. I actually know a guy from Brescia called Alessandro, whose mother uses the hairdryer to warm his shoes up before he puts them on in the morning. Who's to blame, the mother or the child? Hmm, I blame the parents, always the parents. We can also use the word dress in other situations. For example, you dress a salad or a chicken. If you dress a salad, you put some oil and some vinegar on it. If you dress a chicken, you take out the bits. So really you're undressing a chicken. But you take out the bits of the chicken that you're not going to eat. The giblets. Blech. Also, you can dress a wound. If you're a doctor, there's many of you out there. When you see a wound, you dress a wound. You clean it and you cover it, maybe with a bandage. If you dress down, you make yourself look less elegant. You make yourself look more casual. And what about to dress up? What does that mean? Dressing up means a couple of things. One, it means the opposite of dress down. You make yourself look more elegant. Tonight I'm going to dress up for the theatre. I'm going to the theatre to see a wonderful opera and I can't go in jeans and a t-shirt. So I'm going to dress up. But dress up also is when you put on a costume. For example, for the Venice Carnival. I'm going to dress up as a Smurf this year. I wouldn't dress up as a Smurf to go to the theatre to see an opera. Now there is a beautiful expression, idiomatic expression in English. Mutton dressed as lamb. This is used to describe a woman who's trying to look younger than she actually is, especially by wearing clothes that are designed for young people. So when you see a granny in a tank top and hot pants, you say, ah, she's mutton dressed as lamb. Or, look at that mutton dressed as lamb. Mutton dressed as lamb. Just be careful not to say this to the actual person, as you may end up being slapped. And we don't want that now, do we? Now, dress, the verb to dress, in this sentence, is dressed. It's being used as an adjective. Yes, we use it as an adjective too. Two examples. He's all dressed in black. Every item of clothing he has on his body is black. So he's all dressed in black. Ray is always so well dressed. He looks really good and very stylish. Now, what about the verb to wear? Wear means to have clothes or jewellery on your body. Now, I'm actually wearing my pyjamas recording this podcast. I'm not really. Or am I? So you wear clothes. What are you wearing? That sounds really pervy. The past tense is wore and the past participle is worn. Last night I wore a pair of shorts. I haven't worn this suit for years. So like I said we can also use it with jewellery. She's wearing a beautiful diamond necklace. And when you're talking about hair, an example is I like the way she wears her hair. Okay, she's not wearing it because she doesn't take it off. Okay, some people have a wig. I know a girl who does. I know two girls who do. Okay, if she doesn't have a wig and the hair is connected to her head, you still use it in the sense of straight, curly, to one side, with a flower in it. I don't know. Whatever you do with hair these days. We can also use the verb to wear in other ways. For example, this rug is beginning to wear. It's very old. We keep walking on it and it's getting thinner and got horrible patches on it. Soon we'll have to replace it. You have to change it, you have to get a new one. Also, my patience is wearing thin. 
When somebody is irritating you and making you really, really impatient, you can say, my patience is wearing thin means I'm about to get angry. Things wear out. For example, you can have a pair of shoes or trainers. My little brother is one. I can give you a very good example. Every month he buys a new pair of shoes because he wears them out so quickly. He uses them a lot and they become ruined and damaged. Also, to wear yourself out. Don't make yourself exhausted. Don't wear yourself out. Now, I've already spoken enough about the verb to dress and the verb to wear. So I'm going to very quickly tell you the difference between the nouns, a dress and a suit. So a dress is a piece of clothing, normally for women, but also some men on a Saturday night, which is made in one piece and covers the whole body, down to the knee, the legs, the ankles, I don't know, however long you want it. And a suit is a set of clothes, normally a jacket and trousers or a jacket and skirt for women these days. So we have trouser suits and also suits with skirts. Same material, same cloth, looking very, very elegant. What do you want? What do you want? Can you hear me properly? Yeah. I don't care, right? I've just finished. I've been painting the, um, all the marks on the wall. All right, so I'm going to go what? paint the cupboard in a minute. Uh, it's a bathroom. It's, I'm painting it grey, light grey. It's white at the moment, but I'm painting it light grey. Okay, with what? Paint. Gloss paint. If you can, if you can hear, you can... If you can hear sizzling is because it's the oil because I'm cooking burgers. Alright, oh, okay. My wash is going at the moment now, so you leave that as well. I can hear it, yeah. So you, you painted no this morning I painted um the walls at the bottom of the stairs, under the windows, the window sills, the windowsill in the bedroom, and the wall behind the dining table and then bits and bobs around the skirting board. Oh very good. So you're getting all um DIY now, aren't you? Hey yeah. Hey well in this lockdown what the hell can you do otherwise? Either that, I go crazy. So what are you painting? Cupboard out of bathroom. Ah, okay. In fact, before I couldn't hear you properly when you told me. Oh, why? Why? Because it's it's because um, it's old and it's a bit rough. So I'm, I'm going to sand it again, <clears throat> paint it. It's old and it's a bit rough. You're talking about yourself paint. or the cupboard? <laughs> Both. Okay. Why is Dad not helping you? Yeah, he will probably will do. He'll stick his nose in. He's such a garden. All, All right. right. I'll speak to you later. See you later. Okay, All right. Bye. 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 Well, that was a bit of a fluke. I had no idea she was also painting today. We must be connected in some way, even at a distance of how many kilometres is it? 1,300, 1,700? Uh, never know kilometres. I prefer miles. Do you know what the word fluke means? Fluke is, so a fluke, is a surprising piece of luck. Something I had no idea was going to happen. It just happened by chance. I had no idea it was going to happen. It was a fluke. Now this got me thinking, talking about painting. There are many idioms in English which use the word paint. Shall we have a look at some of them? If you want, you can listen to them and learn them as you paint something in your house. Now I'm going to leave my favourite idiom about paint till the end. To keep you on tenterhooks. So let's start off with the first idiom, a lick of paint. Now we all know what to lick means. Lick is what you do with your tongue. When you lick an ice cream or a cat licks milk. But do cats really drink milk? My two cats don't drink milk. I've given them milk a million times. They just look at it and run away. They turn their nose up at it. They're not interested. So a lick of paint is a fresh coat or application of paint. So this morning I gave my walls in the hallway, the stairs, bedroom, 
and somewhere else, I don't remember where. A new lick of paint. I covered it in paint. I touched it up. Now I said a fresh coat. Now a coat we all know we put on when it's cold outside. Or Italian people or people living in the Mediterranean put it on all the time when they're in a country that's not Italy or in the Mediterranean because they think it's freezing everywhere else in the world. It's not true. In winter, I can walk around in a t-shirt. So can my fellow Mancunians. Yay, we're strong. But obviously, a coat of paint is not a coat of paint in that sense. We don't cover ourselves in paint and go out to do the shopping. A coat of paint is just a layer of paint that covers the layer of paint that was there before. Easy, eh? So we've already seen two idioms using the word paint. What about the third one? Do I have to paint you a picture? Now, in your opinion, this sounds nice and friendly or a little bit peed off. In fact, it's when you're annoyed because somebody hasn't understood what you're trying to explain. You thought it was quite easy, but you say to them, do I have to paint you a picture? In other words, do I really have to make it so simple so you can understand it? Now, this next one, maybe you've heard before. I can say, it's like watching paint dry. Now, do any of you like actually watching paint dry? I doubt it. So watching paint dry means it's really boring, very, very dull, not interesting at all. So you can say this television program is like watching paint dry. It's really, really boring. Tonight, I'm going to paint the town red. Not literally. Okay, red used to be my favorite color when I was a kid. So I've been told. Actually, if I think about it, I actually had a bright red bedroom at one point, but now my favorite color is black. So I would prefer to paint the town black, but the idiom doesn't say that. The idiom says paint the town red. This basically means go outside and have a wonderful time going to different places, bars, clubs, pubs, having a whale of a time. Even though the spelling is the same, I'm not talking about that big thing that you find in the sea. Now, have you seen the television series Downton Abbey? In Downton Abbey, Maggie Smith says, gild the lily. Now, gild the lily and paint the lily are basically the same thing. They mean the same thing. So to paint the lily means to make something which is already beautiful look more beautiful. In other words, it's just a waste of time because it's already beautiful. Why try to make it look even more beautiful? It's like putting jam on an egg. What's the point? It's too much, it's too excessive. It's not necessary. A picture paints a thousand words. This just means that a picture of what you're talking about is just as good, if not even better, than a descriptive explanation. You don't need to tell me that those two sitting over there are in a relationship. A picture paints a thousand words. Ooh, we've arrived at number nine. Only one more until my favorite. Number nine is to paint yourself into a corner. You can also say to box yourself into a corner if you want. If you paint yourself into a corner, you create difficulties for yourself by your own actions, by the things that you do. You have created difficulties all alone. Nobody else helped you. You did it on your own. Your fault. Put up with it. And now number 10, war paint. What's war paint? War paint is another word. So it's an idiom. It's not one word. It's two. It's an idiomatic expression, which means makeup. So you can say, Oh, where's Sarah? She's still putting on her war paint. Is she still putting on her makeup? The same thing. But war paint sounds much better. She's going out to battle, to battle the world. Maybe she doesn't really need makeup to battle the world. Don't really think it'll be good protection against a bomb. I seriously doubt it. 
Now, in next week's show, I'm going to have a very special guest from the UK, a woman who's been in my life longer than my mother. Not really, but it seems that way. Here's a little clip from our call. See if you can understand what she's saying. If you eat too much and you <laughs> I'm sure you're all thinking, she can't be calling Chris fat. You'll have to wait a week to find out. Now, there's only one more thing to say, and that is jingle. Doesn't matter where you are, in the car or at the bar. Here for you comes in your ears, another word for things is cheers. Here's the new kid from the block, here for you around the clock. Shining on his English lips, Chris. Is an anagram of risk. <laughs>